Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be looking into how to do healing work with the Akashics. Culturally, we're still trying to pull ourselves together from the scientific, post-industrial deconstruction of human beings into their constituent parts. This is highlighted in the realm of healing, where we very carefully separate out the various types of healing, like food on a cafeteria tray. There's mental health, spiritual healing, physical health, and emotional well-being. We're taught to keep these things as separate as possible, while acknowledging the unfortunate way in which they influence each other. We're taught ways to minimize their interconnectedness, and along the way, taught a hierarchy among them, which influences how we interact with them, how we perceive ourselves when we need healing in one area or another, and what modalities of treatment we should use. We're cut up into bits, some of which are deemed better than others, and sent to the various specialists who can help us fix what's broken. The body is seen as a machine which breaks down and has a minimal warranty, but only for the first 12 to 15 years. After this, you're out of pocket and all that can be done is repair and replacement, so keep up on your regular maintenance. Emotions are considered dangerous and difficult, other than the select few which have been awarded the designation positive in various contexts, and so are to be controlled at all times. Therefore, to be emotional, other than at specific times, in specific ways, is considered a health issue and requires healing, preferably through pharmaceutical intervention. Various therapies in a range of strengths and invasiveness can be helpful for more long-term and or resistant emotional issues. Spiritual problems are relegated to concerns of ethics or morals if they're acknowledged at all. They're relegated to categories on the fringes of society, such as crackpots or mystics. Since the soul and spirituality are seen as the complete opposite of science and separated into a completely different category, any supposed health issues connected with them must obviously be in this realm as well. In a secular society based on scientific principles and economics, the soul is neither detectable nor merchandisable, and therefore non-existent. Phantasms cannot need healing. As the mind is considered the preeminent feature of human existence, mental health is the most important, and yet the most frightening and stigmatized, of all the healing arenas. Having difficulties with thinking, with perception, with core identity, are troublesome in the extreme if how we think is who we are. If thought cannot be proven to be steadfast and unchanging, all evidence and experience to the contrary, then we cannot actually be or prove we are. Therefore, those who show any form of mental illness must be labeled as other and be stigmatized and segregated at all costs. While things are improving culturally around all this and at a rate which gladdens the heart and gives hope, This is still the world we live in. Because we were born in and continue to live in this, 
Our underlying vocabulary and understanding of healing continues to be the cafeteria tray model. Those who are working to move towards holistic healing are working to remove the separations between the sections, which is fantastic. However, we all need to recognize we can't erase the world we live in with its influences. Start where you are and realize this is the foundation you're working from. The more you're aware of the separations you've grown up with, the more you'll be capable of removing them to facilitate deep and lasting healing when you need it. I bring this up not to depress you or to create a call to action, but as a necessary bit of clarity so I can talk about how to work with the Akashics for healing. There are already healers who work with the Akashics specifically for healing purposes. Energy healers are pulling Akashic energy in various forms through their bodies, modifying it in order to have the necessary effect, and then pouring it into their patients. Others are connecting with the Akashics in order to receive information and wisdom, which will help them better heal their patients. They are opening up their intuition, asking their angels, guides, healers, and others who exist in the Akashics for insight and guidance. Then, with the information, insights, and inspirations they gain, they're better able to help the patient and make progress in resolving the issue. Others, through hypnosis and past life regression, help the patient go into the Akashics themselves to gain insight and unlock what is stuck within them so they can move forward. Still others perform soul retrieval to aid patients who have pieces of themselves stuck in timeless stasis, waiting for the it's-all-right-to-return signal, which has never reached them, thereby allowing those pieces to return and reintegrate with the whole. All of these methods and modalities of working with the Akashics are amazing, supportive, healing, and necessary for people to live embodied lives to the best of their ability. Yet most are practiced independent of each other and suffer from having been sifted and sorted through our culture of separation, so they fit into the various sections of the cafeteria tray. Energy work focuses on the body while acknowledging that it affects the emotions and the soul. Most people don't go to an energy healer for emotional issues other than to regain a feeling of happiness or well-being which falls into the category of good emotion. Hypnosis and past life regression works with the mind, which hopefully adjusts the emotions and possibly the body as odd and not quite understandable side effects. Soul retrieval is usually seen as an emotional healing tool, as the general understanding of even what the soul is, let alone how it interacts with everything else, is minimal. It helps people work through emotions, specifically trauma, and to heal so they can feel, and feel appropriately. As time goes on, and we move more fully into the paradigm shift, healers are being called to become increasingly holistic in their skill set and their practice. Even though advertising still needs to be focused on what part of the cafeteria they're working in, as it were, as they expand and people experience how the particular issues they're targeting are interconnected with other aspects of their lives and being, we start to remove the separations on the cafeteria tray and move towards an understanding of ourselves as whole. However, 
all of the modalities I've mentioned, which utilize the Akashics for healing, have one thing in common. They're all moving Akashic energy in one direction, from there to here. All of them in one way or another are, like scooping ice cream, removing an amount of Akasha in one form or another, taking it from the larger container and moving it to a smaller one. This process seeks to change Akasha into a healing medium, so the person can transform from a damaged version of the self to a healthy or refurbished one. Healing is rarely seen as a means of making an improved version. It's not perceived as a way to unfold, but instead to repair. There is, however, another aspect of healing which the Akashics provides. Think of it as our being ice cream, which, rather than being scooped out to be served and transformed through digestion, instead can return to the tub. Going into the Akashics rather than bringing bits of it into embodied life activates healing in its complementary aspect of being a means for change and growth rather than a bandage and remedy. My students experienced this with their first journey to the Akashics. While many, if not most, think of this process as a mental exercise, a meditation, the experience does not respect this artificial segregation and works on all levels at once. Hence, students sometimes have emotional releases during their first lesson, come away with a sense of well-being which lasts for hours afterwards, or even fall asleep repeatedly throughout the exercise. While most people go to the Akashics for mental purposes, to read their Akashic record, learn a technique, or research ancient knowledge, the Akashics works on them holistically. My clients experience this as well, as I directly connect both them and myself to the Akashics during a reading. We come from the Akashics, are of the Akashics, and will return to them at the end of this embodied life. So reconnecting with them directly and consciously in this fashion is like slipping into a warm bath after a long and stressful day. It helps us rebalance ourselves and come into harmony. In this way, the Akashics reminds us healing is not about changing the circumstances we're in, but allowing us to change for the better. Beyond the passive effects of being in the Akashics, we have the ability to work in the Akashics with this specific intention of healing. The key is to recognize the Akashics does not suffer from the cafeteria tray issue of separating out issues by category or seeing disparate aspects of the self to be healed. Being holistic, it reacts to us as a whole person, and so seeks to heal us holistically. This can be disconcerting and even frustrating when we're coming from a cafeteria tray perspective. Often we have an issue which we need to have healed, and we go looking for a remedy in the Akashics, only to be told or shown something which seems like a complete non-sequitur. We ask for help in healing an injured knee, and get shown a picture of a purple octopus, not just once, but repeatedly, to which we respond, huh? or think we're doing something wrong and look elsewhere for help instead of asking more pointed questions, or look for how this is meant to help, or even call in other beings to help us understand what we're meant to do or what next steps to take. 
as the Akashics and those living in it have a greater understanding of cause and effect, are always looking for the best remedy, and see the entire person, the response to an issue needing healing is rarely, take two aspirin and call me in the morning. Keeping this in mind can help things make more sense. Here are some ways which you can access the Akashics for healing. Your Akashic Room Utilizing the introductory journey in my Level 1 Akashic course, you can use your Akashic Room as a healing center. Instead of intending to move through this room to the Temple of Life, the Akashic Library, or the Field of Mentors, set the intention prior to entering that you will be working on healing. You can select either a specific issue to be worked on, or simply open yourself up to general healing. Again, healing is holistic in the Akashics, so you can select any aspect, not just a physical problem. When entering the room, you'll see the room has changed from its usual arrangement. Note the changes. There will be an object or group of objects which represent the issue you're working with. Go to them and interact with them. If they are something you can pick up, then do so and focus on them. The wisdom will unfold experientially. If they're to be interacted with in other ways, do so. Remember the healing might be more involved than just a direct do-this-to-feel-better remedy. It is common to do this type of work more than once, as healing is a process and not a yes-no question on a test. The more often you do this journey, the deeper the wisdom can go, the more unfolding and change you will accomplish, the more all-encompassing the healing. Another technique is to work with the cauldron and Mama Cass. In my Akashic class, Finding Your Calling in the Akashics, students encounter Akashic beings referred as mentors. The first mentor each student meets is Mama Cass. Many experience her and the cauldron as a necessary cleansing step and acknowledgement of work already done before they move on. However, the cauldron itself is a healing tool which can be utilized in a variety of ways. It can reduce the negative effects of current situations, allowing us clarity and relief. It can bring clarity out of confusion and dysfunction, and can also help us heal deep underlying wounds. I've worked with students who utilize the cauldron in order to lift old traumas to the surface and release them. The unique nature of the cauldron and its healing prana is there's no vacuum left in the removing of old hurts, dysfunctional structures, or abuse trauma. Students can literally immerse themselves in the cauldron and so are filled with healing prana simultaneously while incrementally removing what no longer serves. Utilizing the cauldron, they are supported and buoyed in the process. Mama Cass is a welcome resource during these sessions guiding and supporting students in their healing process. Another avenue is working with Akashic healers. Either within your Akashic room or in a nurturing Akashic space of your choosing, you may invite a healer to work with you. There are beings in the Akashics whose gifts are helping embodied souls to heal and unfold. Like with the journey into your Akashic room, 
Set the intention concerning what you want to heal and invite a healer or healers to work with you. One thing to keep in mind is your invitation should be specific. There's a tendency to simply leave it up to the powers that be to do what is for your best and highest good. This is a bit like knowing you have a burst appendix, but asking that anyone with medical knowledge who thinks they can help to come over and help with it. You could get a nurse, a general practitioner, a surgeon, a dentist, or a boy scout who knows first aid. All of them are able to help for your best and highest good, but not all of them are appropriate for remedying the situation or preventing harm in the future. So I recommend when you invite a healer, don't relinquish your own wisdom or authority, but look at the situation as one in which you are inviting a peer and colleague to help you unfold. While they have wisdom and gifts to share, in the end, it's your life and you're responsible for living it. There are a variety of healers which may respond to such an invitation. Your guides might have healing abilities and, knowing you best, may appear. You may meet Hathors who have specific healing abilities, especially in areas connected with physical and emotional balance, as well as healers who work with embodied Akasha, human and otherwise. You can always ask a healer who they are, what their specialty is, and why they responded. In fact, I encourage this, as it's not only respectful, but opens a connection with them which will allow for deeper and more thorough healing to occur. For those who like going into the deep end of the pool, I recommend working with Celine. She is another mentor students work with in my class, Find Your Calling in the Akashics. Her gifts allow us to see to the roots of things, to remember who we truly are, and how that applies to this life, and even beyond to what we are becoming as a soul outside of embodied life. Working with Celine is transformational, but not for the faint of heart, as her pool is capable of showing us the unadulterated truth. Working with her can help us heal at the deepest levels, if we're willing to challenge ourselves to truly know ourselves, not just mentally understand or attempt to control identity through the stories we've created. Akashic readings can also be healing. Most people who have Akashic readings are looking for information. They're looking for answers to questions so they can know what to do next. However, an Akashic reading can be a healing tool as well. It's not uncommon for me to read a person's body and see that an ailment, chronic issue, or repeated injuries have a message to tell. Once the message is received, the client can then choose to change behaviors, correct issues, move forward to heal themselves by changing their lives. However, an Akashic reading can be much more specific concerning such issues or even have healing as the purpose of the reading. A reading is not a bandage or a remedy, but can be used to begin a healing process, deepen a process already underway, or uncover new avenues for healing which are holistic and so will be long-lasting. For those who have experienced my classes, it's possible for me to offer an Akashic healing journey. I'm able to enter into the Akashics with the student in order to facilitate a healing session with healers, with their room, their guides, 
or the mentors. I often go with students to Mama Cast in order to help them understand more fully what they're being asked to do and why, to see what effects are underway, and help them understand what they are to do as homework in the days to come. I also work with a variety of other healing beings in the Akashics in the same manner, so students can more fully participate in the healing process, ask questions, more clearly understand the answers, all without having to become an Akashic expert themselves. In the end, healing is about change. Whether we're using the cafeteria model of targeting one particular issue or a holistic model of overall wellness, we're meant not just to triage a problem, but learn why the issue arose, what we're meant to learn from it, and to become more fully ourselves through the process. Healing is a heartfelt, willful act of transformation. Here's to the unfolding. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing what your Akashic Record can tell you about your parents. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.